This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by the Humble Bundle and the So You Want to Try Out Pathfinder Book Bundle. Hey, right now we know that everybody is getting as far away from wizards as possible. And the folks at Paizo have made it really easy for you to dip your toes into the Pathfinder pond. For as little as five bucks, you can get a jump start on Pathfinder stuff or go all in. It's only 25 bucks and you pick up 28 items. It includes full text rules, books, and even stuff for your virtual tabletops if you dig the online deal. So go to the show notes right now and click on the humble Pathfinder link or go to nerdcognito.com and scroll down the page to the Humble Bundle link. Both of them will get you to where you need to go, and you can pick up this amazing deal. Just a heads up, if you are listening to this show in the archives after another episode has dropped, this deal may be gone. That's right, it ends this week. So again, go to the show notes, click on the Humble Bundle Pathfinder link, and score 28 Pathfinder items for just 25 bucks. Now, on with the show. Hey, hey, it's another week, and it's another episode of Nerd Cognito. My name is Ryan David. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Uh, can't do it without you guys. We super appreciate all of our fans that subscribe and show up every week to listen to us talk. Speaking of us, the other part of me is my buddy Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Uh, uh, it's 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 interesting. Uh, it's It's been a quiet week this week so i think that that is good um personally i'm about to ramp up on like a whirlwind tour up the east coast here so (laughs) i'm happy to have a light week this week um we got a little bit of you know (laughs) we can't avoid it (laughs) we we want to stop talking about wizards you know right we do but we can't (laughs) but uh you know uh, uh, just with the timelines, we just missed Kyle, oh, Super Kyle, putting his foot all the way down his throat and coming out of his rectum last week, the day after we dropped. <laughs> he decided to do a bunch of interviews. Um, I talked about it on some of our partners and friends shows, and, um, you know, the ladies on Twitter, uh, they were right on it when the news dropped, but... Man, you know, we're, we'll we'll touch off on it, and everyone pretty much knows what we're gonna say. <laughs> but uh, I I can't. It, it's getting to the part where fatigue is kicking in on the wizard stuff, and uh, they just won't let us stop talking about them. But uh, we'll do that on the flip side of the news, and if that's all we've got to talk about on the flip side of the news, I'm okay with it. And mm-hmm. uh, we can we can go short instead of going long this week. That's that's perfectly <laughs> fine with me. Uh, love is also in the air this week. Uh, yesterday, the big V Day. Um, 
Well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> uh, the big VD happened yesterday, and uh, once doesn't you, sound better. Right? <laughs> once you get your shot for that, hey, uh, we still have an affiliate partnership with stdcheck.com. dot <laughs> uh, We should talk about some of the things that we love in our nerdy world, and I think that's what we'll open up with. If that sounds good to you. Absolutely. I mean, who who doesn't like want to talk about the things they love? You know, anything exciting in this week before we get all sickening sweet and talk about love? No, I mean, uh, I had a couple of game days this week. It's been a good week, you know, pretty relaxing. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, would you get the the wifey for for the big VD? Um, we don't because our birthdays are so close to Valentine's uh, Day, both hers and mine. We don't do much of anything for Valentine's Day because it's a weekday. We're both working. She works long hours that day. So we're going to uh, celebrate our birthdays together and do something nice. Normally we do an event or go out. We might hit the casino or go to a nice dinner. You two are super wise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, shit. Trying to get even a table on Valentine's was rough. And, um, you know... With my whirlwind tour, I just went and got a lot of very pretty, very expensive flowers before <laughs> I left, and uh, that's that's it. That's that's what it was. So it was a light VD. It was only a little bit of VD this year. <laughs> Something treatable. <laughs> yeah. uh, shot, and that'll clear up in a week. So, um, yeah, so, some other... Well, let's just put it this way. I'm officially a neologist, and we'll talk about that uh, when we get into the news. But it, it's official now, Bert. Oh, really? Yes. yes. I did not know that. Uh, I'll save that for later, but uh, let's kick off on loves. You know, th- this is, it's a cliche segment. The, the stuff that we love in the nerd spheres, Right. Right. And there's so many things. Uh, we could be very general. We can be highly specific. We can just, you know, bounce things off of each other. There doesn't really have to be a format. We got not, like I said, this was the Seinfeld of weeks. There, it's, it's a big week about nothing. Right. So why not just just kick it that way when we talk about loves? So uh, what do you think? What is something? You know, we've been friends a long time, right? Sure, absolutely. And I would wager that you probably know more about me than most other folks in our friend sphere, right? Right. Um, what is something that you would like to know what my love in that certain nerdy world would be? And then I'll answer, and then I'll ask you, too. You can be as generic or as specific as you want. I'll probably get crazy specific just for fun. <laughs> Why not? Uh Now, you know, we've talked about, you know, tons of games over the years, board games, video games, um, you know, tabletop games. But I don't think I've ever asked you if you have a favorite game company or game developer. Oh, (laughs) you know, this one's tough because it flows, right? It's it's a continuum. And, you know, over the years... Things shift and things change, right? Right. Um, when I was a youth, 
Um, I was a dyed-in-the-wool Nintendo Nintendo as right. far as, uh, you know, Zelda, Mario, that, that, that core Metroid, Kid Icarus, that sort of the Nintendo release titles. I was, I was very loyal to that. And then as, as we aged into like the 16 bit era, uh, mm-hmm. I shifted into a Squaresoft guy back when it was Squaresoft, right? Right. Absolutely. I remember. And then we entered the early 3d era and I was kind of meh, meh. It was what it was. I enjoyed things, but there wasn't really a a particular developer that that I was fond of. Uh, as we moved into first and second generation modern gaming, um, it's tough. I I I really got a pull from what I think is the best experience of that era which is uh eternal darkness sanity's requiem and that was silicone knights so uh they didn't have a lot of titles but that one was so powerful for me that that i'm there and then as i look in sort of the modern world um i've gotta you know give the nod to bethesda so uh yeah it, it shifted over time it shifted right. over time. I'm amazed that my memory didn't drop the bottom out on me there, and I, I, <laughs> I was actually able to go through the whole the whole continuum of things. And, uh, but sure, no, um, you know, Blizzard. I, uh, you know what I said in the in the the first generation of modern gaming, I didn't have a a, a specific developer. I I lied, right? That was Diablo and Diablo two. So Blizzard, there you go. Okay. I, I filled all of the gaps. Um, hope I didn't disappoint. I'm, I'm sure some of them were very predictable for you. Right. I mean, I, I figured uh, the Nintendo one, I was pretty sure of. I mean, you know, that one was, you know, considering the era that we grew up with gaming, I thought that that would figure into things. You know, you, you named some great classic Nintendo titles. The progression, you know, some of the games I knew that you loved, you know, um, some of the games, like, I know that you got away from, like, you kind of fell out of love with Square when they I moved did. away from the menu system. I and did. So I want to love them of, again. I do. I just, Final Fantasy fifteen was just, oh, it, it, it closed the door for me. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to woo me back <laughs> with all of our love talk this week. Um, I have a question for you, Bert. So, okay. Huh. Um, I love horror movies, right? Absolutely. So, what would be the horror movie or horror director that you love? Ooh, I um. Hmm. I know. Good, right? good question. Yeah, there, there are so many good possibilities, but the I've seen every movie in the franchise. It um. And some of them were pretty terrible, but it kind of the first movie that ever really like scared the hell out of me was the original Hellraiser. Well, why wouldn't it? Especially when you consider uh, where we Hellraiser, we would have been in our uh, early teens, mid teens. 
Uh, yeah, the original Hellraiser was 1987, so we would have been... We would have been pre-teens. Yeah, yeah so that would have scared just, the hell yeah, out of Just me. about pre-teens. <laughs> just about pre-teens, yep. Yeah, okay, okay. No, that's... that's always been my sort of go-to franchise, you know, the Hellraiser series. I read the uh, the original novella, The Hellbound Heart, and I, uh, you know, I got sucked into that uh, movie franchise like you wouldn't believe. I even watched the terrible ones. Well, the, 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 there were some terrible ones. Oh, uh, there were. And there's going to be another terrible one coming. <laughs> so. I'm sure. I'm sure. The remake was sadly disappointing. Yeah, and I understand that there's a follow-up to that sad, sad excuse of a film that shared the term Hellraiser uh, also on decks, and that's sort of what I was alluding to. But, uh, right. No, I, I get it. I mean... Who doesn't love Pinhead? Especially considering that his name's not Pinhead. It was right. just uh, adopted because of the fan base, and you have to love that too, right? But absolutely, like the 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 franchise like was influenced by the fans rather than influencing the fans, right? No, for for certain, for certain. Good choice, my friend. Uh, I don't want to say recently, but within the last year, just for shits and giggles, I ran through the first couple of Hellraisers. <laughs> so. Right. I, I mean, if I'm feeling, uh, you know, st- nostalgic, I'll watch the first three movies probably. After about four, like I'm like, eh, I've seen all these. I don't want to. I don't want to sit through that again. And truth be told, like almost every film, nothing is as good as the original. So, yeah, Ooh. yeah. All right. You want to do one more before before we do our penance for the week? Absolutely. All Why right. not? Hit me. All right. I mean, you asked me about my horror movie loves, and you know, you brought that up. So I'm going to ask you. You know, I know some of your favorite horror movies, but they're standalone titles. What is your favorite horror movie franchise? Oh, ha- has to contain at least two films. Oh, that's tough because all. All of my favorites were one done right and d- put to bed. Exactly, they were all standalones. All <sighs> the ones we've talked about, all your favorites, have all been standalone horror films, which are great films. But I want to know what's your favorite horror franchise? All right, I, I do have a favorite franchise, and it's it's got a close runner up. The close runner up is Halloween, right? Okay. Um. But there's one that is a guilty pleasure that I love more than Halloween, that I have seen every film in the franchise that should never be remade, that can never be accurately remade, but there are rumbles that it's happening now. Um, And that is the Phantasm series of movies. Oh, that is a perfect choice. I think that it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some uh, gore. It's got some psychological horror. (laughs) It's got aliens. (laughs) It's even got some comedy elements. It's got got a lot of comedy in it. Um, The whole thing, while very serious, doesn't take itself seriously. And... Come on, man. The fucking tall man is disturbing. And right. Especially I mean, when you figure that I watched it on one of the UHF channels late at night as, like, an early child, right? <laughs> Six, right? seven, eight years old. 
I, I saw the, the TV edit of the original <laughs> Phantasm <laughs> when I should have been long asleep, but, you know, I was spoiled. I had that four-inch black-and-white TV that, that sat next to my bed, and I would pull it up onto my pillow. And, uh, no, I was I was just hooked. Plus, Angus Grimm, the actor that portrayed the tall man, was absolutely perfect in absolutely every was. iteration of that amazing. film from the first film all the way through the crappy middle ones and the, the i mean the ones at the end they weren't great either but right. he was great so i have a i have a friend every year we every couple of years we get together and do uh, a movie day where we watch all five phantasm films and just eat some junk food and order pizza I'll make sure to put you on the invite this next time. <laughs> it's only a dream. It's only, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no. Boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And come on, fucking Reggie, big old hippie turns into like badass by the end of the series. He sold ice cream in the first movie. Let's right. just put it that right. way. Um, he went from ice cream man to having a four-barreled shotgun <laughs> and a hemi cuda. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, so um, I hope my pick didn't disappoint. I know people no. like to to sometimes shit on it because, honestly, after the first one, it, it's it, it, you have to really love this the, the entire franchise to to go through them. And right, right. I mean, they they the first one was you know excellent. The second one, you know, was okay. Oh, it was okay. It was kind of odd. And then you know you get to the third or the fourth one, and you're just like. Oh, all right. I'll watch it because it's a phantasm movie, but it's never going to be as good as the first one. When I saw the news that Angus died, I said, "Well, no more, no more phantasm." Because there's, right. there's, you, you, he was so much the tall man that it can't be replicated or replaced. That, that and that's no. why I say it's going to be really hard for for anyone to to remake that. Uh, it would be like, and they attempted it, right? Replacing Freddy with another actor. And we saw how right. that worked. Robert Not England well. was Freddy Krueger. And Angus Scrim was the tall man. Oh, good. I can't disagree with you. Interesting question. Uh, let's see. I got one for you. Okay. What tabletop role-playing game slash system slash setting that you have not played in 10 years or more do you love for me it's got to be planescapes oh oh. they started releasing those box sets when i was in late middle school early high school i bought all of them that plane jumping and you know, dealing with different environments and, you know, never knowing what's around the next corner that it, it kept me on my toes. It kept things interesting. There were, there were always monsters that somebody had never seen classes. Nobody had ever played. It let, it let us really kind of run wild, you know? I, I do. And it was an excellent choice. It was something that, um, really shook up the, 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 I guess the, the conception of what tabletop role playing was at the time when it came out, right? right. So it, it, it opened doors, haha. 
<laughs> um, I see what you did there, City of Doors. To a lot of the stuff, and it was TSR's answer to some of the third-party content that was specifically branching away from high fantasy. And like it, games it, like Rifts and yep. GURPS and things like that. And it allowed them to lateral into that space, too. So uh, I totally understand, and I weep for you later this year when wizard shits all over it like they did my beloved spelljammer so uh, it's- i can i can feel the uh, i can feel the oppressive weight of mediocrity heading barreling towards me like a train hey i hate to be the bearer of bad news man but it's coming ah oh, bad news <laughs> is there any other kind <laughs> Actually, I've got great news and, All right. and some average news. I don't have any news that is ridiculous this week, which is good. Right. Um, What's in the news, Ryan? Well, we talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, I'm not one to very often toot my own horn, but toot fucking toot. Sparkle Troll has made it into the vernacular to the point that chat GPT... The AI for all things writing and linguistic not only knows what it is, but accurately uses the term. <laughs> uh, the I term am that you invented. I am officially a neologist. Uh, it's, 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 if nothing else, I can finally say that I have a contribution to the hobby that goes beyond my tables. And, um, some people say I shouldn't be proud, but God damn it, I'm proud. It fit, and it was timely, and it stuck, and I'm proud of the fucking word sparkle troll. <laughs> Let me give you a reading from ChatGPT. Okay. When asked about sparkle trolls and their influence on the tabletop role-playing hobby, ChatGPT produced the following five-paragraph essay. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, this standard standard response, right? Uh, opening, closing, and sandwiched in the middle are three points. <clears throat> I wish I had a robot voice. I, 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 don't, have a, I don't have a good voice change. Well, okay. I, I do have a robot voice. Sparkle trolls, or players who intentionally cause disruption in tabletop role-playing games, can be negative to the hobby for several reasons. Firstly, they break the sense of immersion for the other players by introducing unexpected elements that don't fit within the established narrative or world building. This can detract from the overall enjoyment of the game for everyone involved. Additionally, sparkle trolls can also lead to conflicts and disagreements among players, ruining the sense of cooperation and teamwork that is central to the TTRPG experience. This can make the game less fun for everyone involved and may even result in some players dropping out of the game altogether. Moreover, Sparkle Trolls can also discourage new players from getting involved in the hobby. If a player has a negative experience with a disruptive player, they may be less likely to join another TTRPG in the future. This can harm the growth and sustainability of the hobby as a whole. Finally, Sparkle Trolls can also be disruptive to the flow of the game, making it difficult for the Game Master to keep things moving smoothly. This can make the game less enjoyable for everyone, and can even cause the game to end prematurely. In conclusion, 
Sparkle Trolls can be bad for the TTRPG hobby as they can lead to conflicts, discourage new players, and disrupt the flow of the game. It's important for players to respect each other and the established rules of world building in order to have a positive and enjoyable gaming experience. Wow, sounds like something you would write. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> uh... It's out there. We made it into the AI chatbots. Uh, now Webster's is next, man. What will be my word for 2023? That's the question. That's. <laughs> I the don't question. think you can capture that kind of magic again. You know, you use the term and suddenly it took off like a shot. <sighs> it was great. It was, I, I think I first used it talking to Basic Expert a long, long time ago. And it just works and it works because it fits right it's not super derogatory it's not like i'm calling them the things that i want to it it just fits and uh hey that damn ai robot overlord he writes a pretty damn good essay where was he when <laughs> i was in law school man uh, scary though right i i just read that uh chat gpt passed the medical boards, they they tested it and and it passed the medical boards. So seriously, so, if I would have had this in law school, holy shit! Right? So it's Doctor Chat GPT it's now. Doctor GPT. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you can tell your friends that you have a neologist that you have immediate access to. So if they need a new word. I'm the guy. <laughs> uh, oh, I think it's funny. I, I, I do think it's amusing. Uh, right. I, and, uh, I do too. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you, you came up with a term on the fly and it just took off like crazy. And that, and that's, uh, that's just so amusing to me. You, 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 you remember like, now the question is, is it going to stick around? Like you remember terms that were popular when we were, in middle school and high school, slang terms and things like that are long gone. What are you so talking about? Is, I still think shit's rad. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <clears throat> uh, you know what else is rad? Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, we knew that he was coming back for Batgirl, which ended up in the shit can at Warner Brothers. Uh, uh, I'm pulled in two different directions with this one. Uh, Michael Keaton's Batman has been shoehorned into the Ezra Miller Flash movie. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, was Keaton great as Batman? Sure. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, is he one of those actors that's sort of aged past the point where he should be playing a character that he was iconic at? No, not at all. Because timeline-wise, and I'm not even talking about the fact that of all the movies that Warner Brothers should kill, it should be the Ezra Miller, you know, because, let, let's face it, someone that should be behind bars is the t title character. Um, but the the timeline in the DC-verse that this film takes place would be Batman right before he hangs the cowl up. So it, oh, okay. it works, right? It's before right. sort of the Batman Beyond years. So uh, we're, we're talking uh, Frank Miller 
end of the detective sort of Batman time period. And of course, Got I'm it. blurring a lot of different comic lines here, but that's what we do because we're nerds. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so it, it works because from a chronological standpoint, Keaton's Batman, 1989, would be about 25 years progressed at the point where Barry Allen and The Flash are taking place in this universe. So I'm okay with it. Plus, Michael Keaton was hands down the best Bruce Wayne. So uh, now, now, again, my politics, which I'm not talking about here, take me to really not want to see this movie. But I really want to see Michael Keaton again as Batman. Oh, Bert, the, right. the quandary, the quandary. What I think made him a great Bruce Wayne is he added that sort of, he brought a touch of comedy to it that you don't see with more serious actors. Right. Everyone says, uh, oh, you know, uh, Christian Bale. And Christian Bale, don't get me wrong, great Bruce Wayne. Easily, easily second. But there was just something missing. And Michael Keaton brought that in. He was able to to pull off the the eccentric billionaire with, like you said, a touch of comedy, a touch of darkness. Uh, it just it just worked, and I, I appreciate that. And you know, he also was a Batman that didn't whisper everything. Batman actually there was spoke. That. You know, there's just been Batmans that are whispering ever since. And um, I appreciated the fact that he actually fucking delivered lines instead of sounding like he needs a halls. So. <laughs> oh, man. Now, Ryan, you get that old halls commercial stuck in my head. <laughs> where, where the giant ones are. No, no, that was a bonkers commercial where the giant fruit fell on people. No, no, I'm thinking about the one where the guy is like sitting between the two like giant Russian guys at the spa. Oh, breathe, my pasty friend. <laughs> I remember that one as well. Uh, Witcher 3, as you know, got a visual upgrade lately. I don't know if you've played it uh, on either PS5 or the new Xbox. I have not. I haven't upgraded my gaming system yet. I'm still Aha, PS4. There you go. Well, um... They upgraded the textures on everything. They released a couple of cosmetic items. They they did this silly armor that makes Geralt look like the, the Netflix Geralt. Um, but um, they apparently went high res in every department, and that includes female genitalia. <laughs> really? Okay. And, uh, well, we know that, you know, nudity is not new to the Witcher franchise, but I'm talking like anatomically correct nudity, like prawn style nudity in, in The Witcher Next Gen. Um, CD uh, that, that that might be a bit much for uh, you know a fantasy game. Yeah, CD Projekt Red says, <laughs> and this is a quote. I love it because you know <laughs> they had to say this. <laughs> Right. Uh, the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt features several community-sourced mods not created by CD Projekt Red, on top of numerous enhancements created and implemented by the studio internally. 
Merging everything together was a complex process, and the textures in question are an unintended result present in the release version. This is something we are working to address. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, visible labia, uh, apparently a no-go. <laughs> and it's, it's apparently going to get patched really quick. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it's patched before this drops, because Sony in particular is threatening to take it down, because it's beyond the line of artistic nudity. <laughs> right, right. I can I can see that. Hey, you know, I I say leave it up. You know me, right? That would be my favorite part because all you got to do is tilt your head either to the left or to the right and they all look like they're smiling at you. So without a doubt, uh I'm a fan of the V. And uh, that, my friend, is the news this week. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot of news stories this week, but some weird ones. No, oh, some weird ones, and we ended with vagina. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a great place to end. <laughs> Moving from vaginas right to a big pussy. Let's talk about Kyle Brink. <sighs> Man, you know. How has someone higher on the food chain than anyone at Wizards from Hasbro not say, okay, you fucking guys just need to go into an office, lock the door, and not come out for three months? No, 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 no. St. Kyle is doing interviews with podcasts that have less of a following than we do. Uh, I've seen some. Of, I've seen some of those interviews with him on YouTube and things like that, but I haven't really been following this like strategically. I haven't seen all of them or done the research. Well, you've heard that you know white guys like us can't leave the hobby soon enough. <laughs> in, in case you were wondering, Bert, you know we need to go um, along with you know. The, the the sparkly ones they're they're like oh no 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 you're taking that out of context you you gotta understand he's not talking about that he's talking about white guys like him not being employed in the hobby and and we said okay so so that's even arguably a worse day oh no 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 we're taking that out of context too white guys just need to die. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> um, again, we miss this boat. I don't want to harp on it because at this point it's winding down. But I don't want everybody to forget about it either. Uh, when it first popped, um, the the ladies shot me a screenshot that one of them did up that had the quote. And I said... No, we need to revise this, and we need to thread the entire context with timestamps, because the first thing, and this was before they even said it, but I, they're so fucking predictable, my dear Sparkle Trolls. Uh, the first thing 
they're going to say is that you're taking it out of context. So provide the entire context. And we did on, on Twitter. You can follow them at NerdCognito on Twitter. And uh, it didn't matter. It's, it's like nobody reads. Nobody comprehends. Nobody goes beyond what it is. It's fine. The man let his bigotry show, and it's, it's self-loathing bigotry, which is the weirdest one, um, maybe he's not a self-loathing white man. Maybe he was just trying to appease his audience because he was on a, what I always thought was just a gamer podcast, but now is being touted as a racially charged black gamer podcast. I don't know. I've listened to, to that podcast before. Those guys are great. Um, I never saw it as like a platform to shout all of this political crap from. Now, do they have opinions? Yes, just like us, they have opinions. But they also very much played it straight, as we try to do most of the time. Bert, all, all the time. Me, as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, to, to come out there and, and put that stuff out and then say, well, you know, the OGL stuff too, that wasn't really so bad. <laughs> it's just that, you know, we didn't communicate in the office, and that was the problem. It has nothing to do with the fact that we were trying to pick the pockets of independent creators. Yeah, you know, double whammy. That's the one that not anyone's talking about, but I think is more significant. You know, if he wants to say uh, he hates white guys, fine. Uh, he's entitled to say that, but still trying to defend the indefensible is is ridiculous. Come on, Kyle. Come on. I mean, do you think that this is just, uh, you know, a stopgap measure? They need someone to sort of fall on their sword and, uh, you know, be a, be a target for all the people that are upset, hoping that it will, you know, make them come back, make, I, make players come back? I posited that on uh, T-shirted historian stream this week. Uh, I was on with those guys, uh, and I said, you know, I'm going to pull out my tinfoil hat here, but... Does Hasbro need a patsy? And is Kyle the patsy? And if he is the patsy, the brilliant thing is they picked the perfect one because he doesn't even realize that that's what he's doing. You think he's unaware? He is completely unaware. And maybe the execs above him are taking advantage of that, you know? And, and rightly so, I would too. If I've got this guy that just wants to pop off and get woke creds and he's willing to eat all of the responsibility for the OGL thing, <laughs> go have at it, Kyle. <laughs> don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out either. I don't know. I don't know. Wizards, I, I want, maybe next week we will have a Wizards free week. Maybe. Um, Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. Uh, no. And again, you know, there's no good way. Look at it. There's no good context. Uh, we're going to hire race versus ability. That that doesn't sound good. White guys need to just leave the hobby. That doesn't sound good. You know, there's no, there is no good. White guys just need to go away and die. That doesn't sound good. There's no good context. They're all bad context. They go from bad to worse, to abysmal. <laughs> now, do you, uh, 
you know, I, I mean, do you think that, the, I mean, it seems almost like two-pronged because you, you know about the, um, the Creative Commons for the OGL. Right. Was announced, and now you've got Kyle doing this. So it's like, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like a two-pronged, uh, you know, attack to try to win people back. They, you know, they're, oh, we listened to you, we put it under the Creative Commons, and now look, it was all Kyle's fault. So. Or, or they're trying to bang down the value of the Wizards division of Hasbro so that they can sell it. Because right mm-hmm. now, to be fair, if they went to sell it, it would be priced at a price where no one will pay for it. So it's unsellable. It's too high, right? There is such a thing as something has too much value, especially if you're looking to sell. So are they trying to bang down the value to get it into a saleable range? Now that's a bigger tinfoil hat, but it's still on the table because I'm sorry. We're beyond business sense. We're beyond slight mistakes. We're beyond. We're, we're we're into the territory of we're just making decisions without even any common sense now. I don't know, Bert. I'm not sure either. I mean, there's a, you know, it it almost so you know when I saw some of these interviews, I'm like, this guy is either a genius at you know at looking like a fool, or he is a fool. <laughs> he ain't acting, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you think about, you know, tinfoil hat time. You think about, you know, those corporate overlords. I've played a lot of uh, cyberpunk dystopian games. You know, they're masters of sort of every possibility. So, but you think you think this isn't uh, this isn't an act. He oh, actually uh, is, you uh, know, not, you know you would think that someone would coach him on what not to say. He is the stereotype poster child for a high-level business executive that has failed upwards his entire career. And it it's just now he's getting caught. He's getting caught. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I got nothing else to say about uh, about Wizards. Don't see the movie. Don't buy their products. Play the OSR. Find something alternative. Play fucking Paizo until they tip their hand and, and show where they're at, too. Um, and in fact, you know, from the top of the show, uh, this week's prime sponsor is a Humble Paizo Bundle. Oh, I never thought you'd turn people to paizo i it's right now it is a more palatable option you know and i'm no fan of of pathfinder 2e in particular right but um it it is a more palatable option for sure uh hey if you're looking for something that is even further removed from our sparkly and glittery friends you need to go to the Big Geek Emporium. That's biggeekemporium.com. They are, without a doubt, the premier place where you can go to get some independent content and you do everybody a favor because they kick the authors a bigger cut. So biggeekemporium.com. Also, 
follow them on the Twitter machine uh, at Big Geek Emporium. Uh, you'll not only be following all of the news about the Emporium, but you'll also hear about the biggest geekest podcast. Uh, one of our proud cousin podcasts that's out there on the interwebs. But uh, Big Geek Emporium, definitely the place to go for other stuff. And the Biggest Geekest podcast. Two cool dudes, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd rather you go to the Emporium than go to Paizo, but I'd rather you go to Paizo before you go back to Wizards. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. What a world we live in, huh? <laughs> That's true. I mean, things... And, you know, it, and like you said, one of these weeks we'll have no Wizards news to talk about, and it will be, you know, like Utopia. <laughs> oh, not going to happen. Not going to happen at all, but uh, we can hope. We can hope. Anything else on your sort of spectrum this week? I'm kind of burned out. And like I said, if we end early this week, I'm totally okay with that because it is a crazy, crazy week for me. Yeah, I got a busy week coming up too, a couple of game days, and work's going to be insane this week. So I definitely don't mind if we wrap up a little early. Yeah, so I, I think we'll take this moment. You know, after you followed uh, the guys at Big Geek Emporium, make sure if you're not already give us a follow on the Twitter machine at NerdCognito. Uh, you'll see all of the stuff that we talk about and more, you know, pithy and punctual work. We were on the Kyle thing right away. Uh, it's just that our show release schedule, it didn't happen, and I wasn't calling another roundtable that fast, man. We just had one. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Give, give a follow at NerdCognito and make sure that you are subscribed at the podcast provider of your choice. Wherever you are listening to us right now, smash that subscribe button. Make sure that the show gets delivered to you and your device each and every week. Uh, it means a ton to us, and we thank you humbly. We also want to welcome all of the new folks to the show uh, that sort of found us since the, the last roundtable. Uh, there's a lot of new listeners that are hanging in there week by week, which means I'm not pissing them off yet. <laughs> uh, give me a chance, I will. Um, no, but we, it, it really does mean a lot. Without you guys, you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again. We don't do it for money. I think Nerd Cognito has never been in the black, Bert. Not once. Um, so Agreed. We're, we're not, we're not making bank on this. We're doing it because we love it and we love to share with you, our community and the hobby. So, uh, spread the word, tell everybody to listen, tell everybody to subscribe. Fuck, throw us a review on your podcast provider. We, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, that's all I got, man. I, uh. I'm going to be jet-setting all week, back and forth and forth and back. It's I'm going to be burned out when you see me again, Bert. You'll see me on game night, on game right. night this week. So, And that's um, the day you get back. So That is the day I get back. So, <laughs> Time for some caffeine, some major caffeine that day. Although, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All I right. I won't let you guys down. Hey. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Ryan David. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.